next time you see yourself as a failure, remember these wise words. Nuh-uh. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023. Formal Friday has become Formal Wednesday, or Well-Dressed Wednesday, presented by Indochino. I'm J.E. Skeets, here in the yard, and alongside me, thanks to the power of technology, is Tass Mellis. What's up, everybody? What's up? What's up, Tassie? Looking sharp. Looking Craig Sager-like is, in that this suit. This is for Craig Sager, absolutely. Yeah, the in-season awesome. tournament vibes going on, I felt like <laughs> looking like Sager. Love it. Uh, we got the beard one. Matapsha Hopboy, Trey Kirby. hey yo. Hey, yeah. Yo. And last but not least, making the magic happen, up in Toronto, filling in, it's Jerome Chang. What's up, Jerome? Gentlemen. Wow. Mm. You look sharp. Thank look you. Thank I did the top button situation. I felt like that's like the most formal I could go at that point. I like, we got a, I love the Air different tie. looks we've got going yeah. here. We got Trey in the turtleneck. We've got you without the tie. Mm. I got the tie. We already said Tass got the Craig Sager. Is that a soft jacket, Jerome? It looks it is, very... it's, it's like a little linen vibe. It was really for, more for the summer situation. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hello to everybody joining us live. Shout out to the stream team. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, yeah, Jerome helping us out here in the yard today. Uh, Esh, our guy, had a bit of a family emergency. So we're thinking of Esh, sending him our best. Um, obviously, JD still up in Canada as well, though he comes back tomorrow. I believe we're going to see him at Thanksgiving. But Jerome's helping us out. We love to see it. We got a fun one here. We got a bunch of Thanksgiving-themed questions because this is our final No Dunks episode of the week. We are going to be debating which players are canned cranberry, which players are Brussels sprouts. Yeah, we got some insane questions. I didn't realize it was canned cranberry. Interesting. Yes. I uh, might change things. I believe that is the specific. It's the canned variety. Uh, but that's later. We got rapid fire because this is the drop coming at you early here on a Wednesday. Tass has the rapid fire questions. Jerome will be in on the fun when we answer them. But we did have some games last night. In-season tournament games, there were only five on, and uh, the first one I, I was in attendance for, and guys, wow, I got whiplash. My neck is sore from going back and forth. Pacers outlast the Hawks, one fifty-seven to one fifty-two. That's a regulation score. That's not a double. <laughs> that's not a triple overtime. One fifty-seven, one fifty-two, and in doing so, Indiana Task clinches a spot in the in-season tournament quarterfinals. But uh, what a wild game. <laughs> Indiana can score points. They can also allow a lot of points. They are not a good defensive team. The Hawks had 86 points in the first half, a franchise record as they ran it up and down. It came down to the last few minutes there. I don't know how it was uh, in the building, Skeets, but that DeJounte Murray offensive fell just kind of killed things. Uh, and the Hawks... I, I, the defense where they can't guard cuts is uh, very aggravating. <laughs> like, like anybody who's on the perimeter allows their guy to cut wherever he wants. I know Quinn Snyder was asked after the game about Trey Young. I think the the poke was, hey, what's up with Trey Young? Why isn't he stopping people? And Quinn Snyder went to his defense. He said, this is the best Trey Young we have ever seen in the NBA defensively. And he's not a great defensive player but i think this might be his best defensive defensive year which is not saying a lot no. uh everybody just scoring like crazy the pacers are an interesting team we'll, when we talk turkey a little bit later we're going to talk about a team that is good now and may not be at the end of the season i don't think they can win playoff series this way they're just not mm. going to stop anybody um although they they can score <laughs> a lot. Yeah, yeah, if the right matchup is there, they might be able to outscore whoever. Yeah. TK, I loved, what, uh, what do you think? I, I love what Rick Carlisle said after the game. This is a classic regular season game. It had to be really fun to watch for fans. All I hear when I read that is, yikes, our team gave up 150-something points and still won, but yeah. who cares? It's the IST, baby. Ah, this was just an awesome game to watch. Buddy healed incandescent in the fourth quarter. It didn't really matter who was guarding him. Sometimes it was Trey Young. Sometimes it was Sadiq Bey. Sometimes it was DeAndre Hunter. Sometimes it was nobody. He had 13 points, 
five of six from the field and three threes in the fourth quarter. I also thought Aaron Neesmith was kind of huge in this game, made a couple of really big plays down the stretch. He had a drive to the hoop with about three minutes left, a tough finish with the reverse, and then pretty solid defense on DeJounte Murray's last shot after the turnover, forced by Trey Young, basically stood up to Halliburton, hung with him on a couple of dribbles, got the strip, goes the other way. Skeets, what'd you think about DeJounte Murray taking that last fast break layup? Yeah, um, not a great decision. I also didn't understand what the Hawks were doing defensively at the end, uh, the way they were playing Halliburton. Um, I get it. Halliburton was on fire in the third quarter. Like the guy has the funkiest looking three-point release, I think, in the league and is cash. Um, But what they were doing down the stretch of this game, which was obviously very close, they were running a double at him. Like Halliburton was at half. He was at the half-court line and they would just send another guy Okay, you can do that if you are ready to scramble behind those guys. But it was like Halliburton, the best passer probably in the league, uh, or at least one of them, just making an easy pass to then find another guy. And that's why we were seeing Tassel like those backdoor cuts and wide open layups or wide open shots. And it's like one thing to do it once or twice. Like I get to switch up the defense a little bit in a game where no defense is being played. But man, they went to that a couple times. And I think the, the Hawk, excuse me, the Pacers scored every single time. And it was, they they even looked like, what are we doing? Like, why are, we are giving up very easy buckets here um, just to prevent Halliburton, I guess, from taking a three. Uh, I think, I mean, look, your DeJounte Murray should be able to hang with him, uh, you know, sort of one-on-one. I, I think you put your best sort of wing defender on him and you just live with the consequences. But yeah, insane game. Um, really fun, though, to be there in person. Uh, in-season tournament court, not as blue in person. Uh, it pops more. On, on camera uh, than, than in attendance, I thought. Um, and I didn't know, or I hadn't thought about this, guys, but uh, pregame, they play the, uh, the Roots LL Cool J like in-season tournament song. Like that little rap video. I'm sure you guys have seen it on TV. They play that there in the arena. Like they are really trying to like remind everybody this is an in-season tournament game. This is what this means. They're showing the group stages and all that. Um, so confirming that cool. also was the case for the Raptors game. Yes, they did that. Yeah. So they've obviously doing this for every game, um, which is smart, which is smart. So, uh, fun all-star game though. <laughs> I mean, we don't need East versus West guys. We don't need uh drafting teams. We just need the Pacers to play somebody in Indiana this year. And, and we're set because yep. holy crap. 10th all time highest scoring game in the history of the NBA. I was there. Uh, only 10th, uh, only 10th. Yeah, hmm, 157 to 152. I don't know. Yeah, they destroyed the over-under number by over 50 points. Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought, yeah, it was Buddy Heald, really, who was awesome. I thought, it, you know, we poke fun at the Hawks' defense, but they did a good job of, of trying to get him to take contested three-point shots, but that guy was just money in that fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. As Trey mentioned, those numbers, he was 6 of 6 from 3, 9 of 11 from the floor. Uh, he was cash. Um so they were trying a little bit on the defensive end, the Hawks were. Uh, well, they uh, got destroyed in the third quarter. I mean, Halliburton had yeah. 26 points in the third quarter. You can understand why they would want to throw a double team at him after yeah. he completely lit him up. He didn't score in the fourth, which is good, but they were playing four on three on the, yeah. <laughs> on the other the other side of the equation. But honestly, I'll take my chances with a Buddy Heald making shots rather than Halliburton continuing to cook you. So I don't and- know. The Hawks are just bad at defense. That's what it really comes down to. They're bottom five in the league, just like the Pacers are, even yeah. though Quinn Snyder came in saying, if you don't play defense, you don't play. Yeah. Uh, the Pacers, uh, you know, credit to Rick Carlo. They switched up their starting lineup. You know, Buddy Heald was in there. Neesmith was in there. Toppin and Mathurin to the bench, and like three of those four guys like really had good games. Huge Toppin dunk too, guys. So I don't know if you saw oh, yeah. that one. That was massive. Um, Jill Johnson had a good dunk in transition. It was, again, it was an all-star game. It was like, it was, <laughs> this is what we want from an all-star game. Like we want 150 to 150-ish type games, but a little, you know, a little effort at the end, uh, which they tried. They just couldn't stop each other. Great They game. were fast. You're right. Uh, just throughout the game. How was the neck feeling? Because we have Obi Toppin and the Pacers team, they're just running. Yeah. Really hard. Uh, yeah, the Hawks just weren't up for guarding anybody. That's definitely the case. Sadiq shouldn't play Bay is probably uh, you know one of their worst wing defenders. Uh, he's he just allows everything to happen. Yeah, their their unit off the bench ain't good. Uh, either either is their starting unit defensively. All right, moving on here in the other Group A game there in the East, Darius Garland 
He heard the podcast. He heard us talking about him as possibly a disappointing player early in the season. Uh, he was special. Shorthanded Cavs get the 122-119 overtime win uh, over Philadelphia TK. And uh, again, this is a big, big game when you're looking at the group stages. And uh, Philadelphia is basically done here. Uh, sorry to Philadelphia. Two losses at home on their 3D red and blue court. Mm-hmm. It's just too distracting for them. This was a big game. For the Cavaliers' bigs, they out-rebounded the Sixers 61-53, to outscored them in the paint 68-52 to as well. Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, the big-to-big passing was incredible uh, last night. They must have found each other for tic-tac-toe passes four times, basically all leading to dunks, like you're saying. Uh, Garland hit a couple of big shots, finally making some plays that we needed to see. And Craig Porter Jr. really came through in the clutch in this one. He had a nice take to the hoop coming from uh, the left corner on a closeout, finished over Embiid with 54 seconds left. And then on the next play down, he found Jared Allen for that little game winner, sort of dinker and dumper down at the box. The guy's a rookie, undrafted rookie, I believe, uh, just coming out of nowhere and playing fearlessly against a team that's a sizable defense inside. The MVP in Joel Embiid, a great rim defender, just took it right at him two times, and that really won the game for the Cavaliers. Yeah, it felt like a... Tired game for Embiid out there. Even though he put up points, he was gassed playing the bigs in this game. Maybe he's saving himself for a back-to-back versus Rudy Gobert tonight, having to travel to Minnesota tonight. And the fact that he's played every game this season and has looked phenomenal uh, might be a factor. He leads the league in scoring like he did the last two years. But the last two years, he missed 16 or 14 games, and he's playing each one this year. And Jared Allen was just going at him. He scored 26 points in this game. And when it came down to overtime, he just had a couple push shots that went right at Embiid. And Embiid wasn't blocking uh, Jared Allen. You know where he's shooting from. He's shooting from free throw line in. Uh, He fouled uh, Evan Mobley. And then Craig Porter Jr., as you mentioned there, Trey, Went right at him. Uh, I don't know how it got to overtime. It felt like the Sixers were working their asses off. Uh, you know, besides uh, Embiid, it, late in that fourth quarter, it was fun. Um, but that final p- part of that fourth was was really, really good. Uh, Two ten left. I was watching one of those cameras that just zooms in on all the huddles, and Tyrese Maxey walked away, and Nick Nurse went beside him, showed him something on the iPad. And he was ready. He was ready to take it out on the floor. And Patrick Beverly came over, talked to him for a sec. And he was money. Maxi was money. I, I don't know how him and Patrick Beverly, who had a huge block on Darius Garland before he uh, he heaved up a wonder and then had an offensive rebound and then a floater bucket. I don't know how they lost. They were looking at that shot clock on the ground, which was a really weird thing happening <laughs> in the NBA. Uh but uh, it was one of those games that they, they needed a little bit more from Embiid defensively. And I think we might get some of those games where Embiid sits uh, like he did last year because he just looked a little too tired to guard Jared Allen, um, who put up 26. This was probably the Cavs. I mean, they're missing a ton of guys to get this win, but maybe their best win of the season. The way Garland played, the way Jared Allen played, um, and yeah, to come through and like Craig Porter Jr., who uh, to a lot of people. Um, yeah, it was fun. You're right. That Jared Allen shot, that's probably the biggest shot of the night there. That little Russian spot, little dinker dumper, little hook shot, whatever you want to call it. That put them up. Then Maxi missed. He like missed a layup. Like he, he yeah. got to the rim and then Garland got fouled. And then the Sixers decide not to call a timeout and they just let Maxi sort of bring it up and he airballed quite badly uh, a three-point attempt there. Uh, it was just a... Airballed so badly he hit it out of on Dean Wade. Like yeah. Wade <laughs> wasn't expecting it, just got bopped by the ball. They got another look at it and turned it over in uh, the corner. I agree. Could have gotten a better playoff, I thought, from Nick Nurse rather than the sidestep Maxi, but a good contest. Uh, that, that was a big defender that was out there. Maybe it was Allen. Maybe it was Mobley. I don't remember, yeah. but good stuff. Uh, Patrick Beverly, though. He basically lost this game for the Sixers. The full Beverly experience in the fourth quarter. You mentioned he forces the turnover on Jared Allen, drive into the hoop, makes a great play to get the offensive rebound on the other end, hits the floater, puts the Sixers up two, and then fouls Darius Garland as soon as he catches the ball on the other side. Sends him to the line for two easy free throws. He was just too hyped up, man. It was his first basket, Mm -hmm. the floater. Uh, So then to follow that up with a foul that completely invalidated the last one minute of great play, the classic Beverly right there. Mm, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's show everybody here on uh, YouTube, at least, the standings in the in-season tournament Group A uh, in the East, as I said. The Pacers, they've clinched. 
I saw history last night, guys. I saw the first ever team to clinch a spot in the knockout stage of the in-season tournament. So they're 3-0, they're through, and then Cleveland 2-1, Sixers 2-2 two and two there, uh, Hawks down to 1-2, and two, and Pistons obviously out of it. They're eliminated. Um, but yeah, looking like, you know, we're going to get a wild card from one of these second place teams in one of the groups, but it's going to have, you're going to have to have a pretty damn good point differential. So what the Cavs have there right now, is that going to be enough? Uh, still have a game. So you want, you want to run it up. Um, and, and maybe they will get in there, but that was a good, good win. Uh, just one other yeah, game. Uh, the IST, the IST is extremely fun, but I, I also don't get some of the things that are happening in the IST. Why have the Pacers clinched at three and O over the Cavs at two and one? Well, they played them. So it's just, it's head to head their first, their first deferential. So if they're both three and one, then they're, they're through. Yeah. Mm, Um, Interesting. uh, Another game, but not from that group, uh, just in the East, it involved our Raptors. They got cooked tasks. We do not need to spend a lot of time on this. I doubt, but, uh, you know, Bancaro, Magic, crushed them. 126-107 for Orlando's four straight win. Like we can talk about them or you can lead by crapping on the Raptors if you want, but pretty dominant victory. It was dominant. Magic were actually putting together a really 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 intense defensive game from the Mm get-go i thought jalen suggs you know getting up into dennis schroeder's shorts really from the first game bringing the energy uh he's been called the head of the defensive snake in orlando because they are one of the best defensive teams i don't know why snakes are defensive but apparently they are in orlando (laughs) he he really brings it he's got some problems offensively but he just goes for it he went 94 feet uh, on the first possession that the Magic got offensively, and there was that play where he was guarding Siakam in the post, so the Raptors are looking to go to him, and he just dives in front of him to get a turnover. And Jamal Mosley, head coach of the Magic, said that Suggs nearly played himself into exhaustion, as he always does. He was talking to Gucci Man referee James Williams. Uh, he was talking to everybody. He was talking so much. I just like this team. They're, they're pretty close to being a winning team. They're not good offensively. Uh, but, you know, maybe Bankero grows into a great offensive player. Maybe Wagner grows into a great offensive player. But then they've got great complementary players in Suggs and Wendell Carter. they got Anthony Black playing uh, the point guard. They bring that effort. They just need that one score. And I don't know if they go get Zach Levine or they go get Kawhi Leonard in as a free agent. Somebody. Somebody to help them out as the number one offensive guy. They may get it from inside, but... Man, it's it's fun to watch that team. It's fun to watch as a as a home team take over. And yeah, Raptors just stink offensively, so maybe that's why they stopped them. But they they brought it. They brought the effort. That's well, for that's, sure. That's the ironic part from this game. The Raptors were actually decent offensively. They shot fifty one percent, fourteen of twenty eight for three from the Raptors. That's good. But they coughed the ball over so many times. Yeah, twenty three turnovers. I think they gave up fourteen offensive rebounds. They got outplayed. They got outhustled. From, you know, like you said, right from the jump. Suggs was a big reason why. Anything you saw, TK, from this one? Orlando took 25 more shots. That's why their offense looked awesome. All the turnovers, all the offensive rebounds. You can't win like that if you're Toronto, when you're a team that kind of struggles to score in the half court. So that was really the game, the turnovers and the offensive rebounds, the possession game. Uh, Also, I will say that the Orlando Magic's IST look is 100% inspired by the Dallas Cowboys. It looked like they were playing on a Dallas Cowboys bedroom, basically. Uh, <laughs> you saw a lot of 1990s bedrooms painted exactly like that. Uh, <laughs> I guess we'll see how the point differential comes into things because I guess at the end of this one, Chumo Keiki took a three-pointer on the final possession of a blowout game. But Darko was okay with it because he understands the important of, right. importance of point differential here, Skeets. Uh, another interesting statistical note here, uh, the Goga Bataze experience continues unabated. This guy was swishing and dishing last night. 5.7 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, 5 blocks. That's a 5x5 five five flirt from mm. Big Goga. We're going to see a 5x5 five five this year. There's too many guys getting close yes. this early in the season. Yeah, it feels like it. We've been talking about it a lot here for one month into the season. Um, yeah, that's great stuff. He was awesome. Yeah, that that point differential, like, this is a big win. 19-point win. I mean, it's huge. They're in Group C. You know, groups. the group's quarterfinals berth could come down to the Celtics and Magic uh, on Friday night in Orlando. That's in play. And just to put a button on Orlando, they did start 5-20 and 20 last year. I had forgotten all about that. And then... They ripped off like a sort of out of nowhere six game win streak where they beat the Raptors twice last year. Uh, And then they played 500 ball for the rest of the season. And they're showing us here early, like 
they're rebuilding on that, uh, you know, that rebuilding phase, excuse me, the rebuilding phase might be over and they're building off of that run at the end of last year. Because sometimes we, we always go like, yeah, what did that really mean anything? You know, like maybe teams are overlooking them, but they're, they've carried it over here. There's that defense is winning them games and man, Suggs, that guy shot out of a canyon, man. <laughs> like he was like just playing 10 times harder than everyone to, to start the game. And I think it caught the Raptors by surprise. So good win. Is that considered a revenge game if a team passed on you in the draft? What do you call mm. that? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, the Raptors obviously taking Scotty Barnes over Suggs in the 4-5 spot there. And everybody thought Suggs was going there. Yeah, I think there's, for him, that's a personal revenge. Sure. Personal revenge. Yeah. yeah. Low-key revenge yeah. game. Yeah, uh, he was yeah. he was good. Yeah, guys remember the players or the teams that did not select him for sure. They, yeah, he's he's thinking number four. I should have been drafted number four. Sorry, Suggs. Uh, you know the Raptors were happy with Barnes, but he's also not being Barnes after uh, after like you know you you guys mentioned him as as the best Raptor. His last couple of weeks have been back to earth he's come back down to earth a little bit yes i mean well yeah he couldn't miss a three-pointer the shooting really especially nice. yeah exactly um but he probably is still the best rappers player which i mean that's just the fact <laughs> with the way the other guys are playing right now um let's go to the west just quickly uh two blowouts in the west but lebron scored his 39th thousand point <laughs> you see that on the board there it looks crazy uh as the lakers sweep their tourney group play uh, so they have clinched as well. It's Pacers and Lakers through to the knockout stage. Uh, 131-99 over the Jazz. Tass, anything from this one? Yeah, they get a home quarterfinal game. Isn't that exciting? In Los Angeles, December 4th or 5th, whenever the NBA decides that the Lakers will get a home game. Mm. They could be going to Vegas where LeBron is going to go eventually, wants to own a team there at some point. They won the group. Uh, and LeBron didn't even have to play in this one. 24 minutes, they, they spanked. The Jazz, the only other team that could have beaten them in this group was the Phoenix Suns, but the, the Lakers got them that one time. Uh, definitely a little bit of worrisome with Cam Reddish, who has really helped out being a starter on this game, uh, coming in or start, starting on this team, I should say, coming in for Austin Reeves. He kind of walked a little hobbly into this arena, and then he only played five minutes because he was... Uh, yeah out with a groin injury. So he looked banged up and then he, he didn't play great obviously with that groin injury, but he has been so good defensively. This is a top 10 defense and they found Reddish to be the, the better Reeves uh, in the starting lineup. He's re he's really helped out. We remember Reddish, remember being in that Hawks arena where he was doing pretty good guarding Chris Middleton way back when in the playoff series and that uh, conference finals way back when in 2021 uh, he's he's trying to find his role, and hopefully he gets back. But I guess uh, Max Christie will be playing for him tonight when they play the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Because I doubt um, I doubt our man Cam Reddish will be playing. But Max Christie was a good defensive player and a good uh, ball handler in in summer league. So uh, the, yeah, the Lakers are cooking right now. Anthony Davis uh, in limited minutes, twenty six and sixteen. TK and uh, I was laughing so hard at his quote after the game, where he said. Uh, we're one step closer to winning the uh, uh, cup. Is it the tournament <laughs> cup? NBA cup? Something like that. So one step closer. <laughs> he doesn't know what this step is, but we won. Yeah, and I think the Lakers care about this. You know, they want to hang at least one banner from this season. So get it out of the way early because they seem to be locked in here. And yeah, maybe Cam Reddish going out hurts. They could also use Jared Vanderbilt back. But Laker fans were pretty excited about Max Christie. So I'm sure... It'll be nice to see him at least get a little bit of a run here. But I went to bed at halftime of this one because you can just tell the way it was going. 24-8 to for L.A. in the fast break department. They were just flying up and down the court. 76 points in the paint as well. This was an easy one for the Lakers and LeBron. And uh, final game from last night. Also a bit of a blowout. Uh, Kevin Durant moves uh, into 11th place on the all-time scoring list, which is pretty amazing. Uh, as the Suns crush the Blazers. Tass, any thoughts on Katie rising up the NBA's all-time scoring list or anything from this game? I somehow have forgotten that he led the league in scoring four times. This could be number five. There's a there's a chance yeah. uh, deep in his career here. But if Bradley Beal comes back at uh, some time, I think he'll take some points away when he comes back in, uh, in mid-December. But the guy is cooking 13 straight of 25 or more. Uh, he's 31 points per game. Because he's shooting nearly 50% from three. I don't know how you freaking guard this guy. And uh, at some point, 
in the next year or so, he'll pass Moses Malone for 10, and then he'll pass Carmelo Anthony for number nine. He'll get there. I, I wonder where he'll finish because he ain't done. He's no. got several years left. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I wonder if this will be year number five for KD. It's possible to lead the league because uh, Embiid is the guy who might do it again three years straight, uh, which mm. would be a phenomenal. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Trey, anything on this one? Yeah, I enjoyed the game within the game between DeAndre Ayton finished with 18 points, eight boards, and of course, zero free throws. And Yusuf Nurkic, former Blazer, who went for 18 and 12. And I was shocked because I saw Nurkic dunk the ball on two straight possessions. You never see that. You could tell it was a big game for him. Usually he just wants to throw in a softy, rolly kind of finger roll. But no, he was gathering himself for a one-handed slam and then a two-handed slam. I don't know who won that one. I guess you give it to Nurkic since his team took down the easy dub. But uh, you could tell this game meant a lot to those big guys. (laughs) And a minus 33 for Aiton. Classic stuff. Well, did you see what Booker said after the game about Aiton? Did you see his quotes or his clip? No. I mean, he was like... He was talking about how Aiton played hard, like, you know, against his former team, but like he should try and do that more often. Like it was like the like a the biggest like this we I still hate this guy. This guy sucks. He doesn't try oh, yeah. hard. He's not good. Like it was it's so blatant that they just couldn't stand this guy. Um but anyway, it was pretty funny. Uh so yeah, let's just throw up the uh group stage there. Uh out west in the A group. Uh Lakers through 4-0. Look at that plus 74 point differential. I mean, they took care of business. They played all four of those other teams below them. And, uh, you know, when you really look at this group, it's like there's two good teams. And then there are three very, very bad teams in Utah, Portland, and Memphis. So Phoenix um, plus 13, they're they're in a good spot. Let's put it that way to maybe be the wild card. If they uh, rack up a victory in their last game, go to three and one, and, you know, maybe it's a dominant victory. I think they'll probably try and, you know, try and crush whoever they're playing to uh, really help their chances to get through. Uh, any thoughts, guys, on uh, any of those games or action last night, Tess? Anything I missed? No, LeBron will be in Vegas. I'm sure he'll have his team ready for that court. The fact that their quarterfinal game is at home, they have that advantage uh, going into the semifinals and finals, which will be in Las Vegas. I wonder if uh, Bronny shows up. Just come sit for uh, LeBron's games. Um, who knows? But I, I know this team wants to be there. And, and I wonder, it was a lottery and in, in how these groups were selected. And the Suns were the only team that could really beat the Suns. Or beat the Lakers, I should say. But I wonder if they did this lottery so LeBron could make it to Las Vegas. I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> oh, my just, God. Just a question. Conspiracy just a question. with this? Oh, Jesus. Um, Why not? I think we could get the Suns versus the Lakers in that matchup because they'd be the wild card team. If the Lakers are the best team, then that would be the matchup. Unless there's a rule that two teams from the same group can't play each other in the knockout stage. I'm not sure about that. Uh, maybe Schumann's in the stream team can tell me, but we could, we could get those two teams uh, in that first game. Um, yeah. In LA, but we will see. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we got a bunch of Thanksgiving edition questions to go through. So don't go anywhere. All right, boys are in the yard. The milkshake brought us here. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Podcast listeners, leave us a five-star rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. Um, I know we're going to start talking about teams we're thankful for and a bunch of Thanksgiving questions here. One thing I'm not thankful for right now is my mouse. My Bluetooth mouse has a mind of its own, guys. Did you see like weird random lower thirds popping up during that last segment? (laughs) It's just clicking things. It's like I got a ghost like trying to run the show over here. So I apologize for that. I, I want to throw this thing right now, but uh, we'll see if we can get through the rest of the show. Um, I thought you were going to talk about that sound. I just heard a toilet or something. Well, somebody's family. At one point, I heard Nora making a coffee, and man, I don't know if you guys could hear that. It's like it was like crazy sound in my cans, but. I don't know. It's, you know, you get in the yard. It's wild here in the yard. <laughs> they're doing construction uh, next door, a lot of roof work. Um, uh, and they're bumping that new Andre 3000 record. Oh, are they? Oh. No, they're not bumping the Andre 3000 record. Come on, guys. <laughs> I you thought maybe they're just trying it out. I was turning on Andre 3000. Crazy. <laughs> You're the only one I know that likes it or pretends to like it. You'll be hearing it tomorrow during dinner, buddy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! Here's uh, the turkey. 
So some fun questions here for you guys and for everybody joining us live. And of course, the podcast listeners tweet at us at No Dunk Sync. Uh, we do this usually our last show before Thanksgiving. And uh, the first one's pretty straightforward. And Tass, you can get us started here. It's, it's what NBA team are you most thankful for uh, this Thanksgiving week? Well, selfishly, I'm kind of thankful for the Magic and the Timberwolves, who are both those young teams that are just trying. They're just trying to be real teams, and they are. They're doing it. Uh, but just as a team that I'm thankful for, I'm going to the original team. I, I need to s- state it here off the top. It's the Toronto Raptors. They got me. They got me into this game. It's like 30 years ago where they were talking about Jurassic Park and they were wondering if they could be a, a great team. And they were a team that made me a fan when they were born. They entered the newspapers. They got me sucked in. They, they explained what basketball is in those newspapers. Here we have a rim. And if you hit the ball as it's going into the rim, it's goaltending. So I learned all about the rules. Um, it, it was funny. Way back when, the sixth season, around 2000, 2001, a little over 20 years ago, they also sucked me in to pay $25 per ticket in season seats with my man, Dave Setton. I paid $250. He paid $250. We went to 10 games together. We had other settings. Siamese setting, Ryan setting, Mikey, Nomi. We had four people <laughs> taking quarter games in 2001. They got me going. Now my man Dave Setton is spending a lot of money on 50% of those seats because <laughs> nobody wants the seats like they did 30 years ago or 20 years ago. It's just a lot different. Mm-hmm. Got to have him on to understand what he's doing, how he's spending it, who is drafting it. I'm really interested to see that. Things have changed. But I don't even care if Darko Ryakovich is putting together a 40-42 to 42 win team. I just like that they put forward that effort, and I'm going to be a Raptors fan for life. That's just the way it's going to be, even if that team stinks, <laughs> uh, like they did for so many years after VC left and decided – he liked to lay down in his uh, shocks and just chill for a bit. But it was a fun time. Anyway, so they're the ones I'm most thankful for. All right. Thankful for the Raptors for making you a basketball fan, for making yeah. you get season tickets and watching a lot of crappy basketball, but then winning a championship. So it all turned yep. out. Uh, yep. TK, are you going with your Chicago Bulls or are you going with a current team here that you're thankful for this very week? Well, I'm going with the current team. Uh have to this year. I'm thankful for the Timberwolves. 10-3 and three right now. I guess technically the second best defense in the league, but I'm just thankful that they have grown the way they have. Anthony Edwards has become a legitimate superstar right now. If you're talking about two-way players who can turn it up to the highest level, he's like maybe third in the league, if we're being quite honest. Giannis is still up there. Embiid is still a force on both ends, but then Edwards as a perimeter player and perimeter defender... He's maybe the best, he's got to be the best two-way perimeter guy in the league right now. I also think it's very cool that Carl Anthony Towns took his uh, FIBA experiences and kind of translated it to the NBA. He has become a number two guy, figured out how to fit in next to Anthony Edwards. And then there's just so much else to like about this team. Nas Reed, just being cool. People just say Nas Reed about him and it means something to the Timberwolves. Kyle Anderson is out there. He's wearing goggles this season. People think the Rudy Gobert trade was a good move now because the Timberwolves have their best team in literally 20 years. We'll see if they're able to win a playoff series. It's trending that way, but they seem to be the surprise contender. It's never a bad idea to get hyped for the Timberwolves. Yeah, that's right. I would uh, add to that too, TK, that uh, at least we uncovered this year, the Brazilian Timberwolves account on Twitter, which, wow, (laughs) if you haven't seen that, go check that out. Uh, That's something else. Um, I'm thankful for two teams, uh, because they were two hipster picks coming into this season, one in the West, one in the East to like be, uh, maybe better than we thought, or we were hoping they would be good. I'm talking about the Thunder and the Pacers. Those were the hot teams that everybody was on. Like, oh, look at all the young talent, look the way they're going to play. And so far they are playing up to those standards. I mean, OKC 10 and four, like they look like a team like that could host obviously a first round series. The Pacers probably won't be doing that, but eight and five, you know, they're fun as hell to watch. Halliburton is like one of my favorite players to actually just watch and tune in on any given night. So those two teams for, again, everybody was saying, oh, watch out, watch out. And they're living up to expectations uh, through, you know, close to 15 games or so in a season. So thank you to the Thunder and to the Pacers. All right. Our next one here, this is where it gets really weird. 
Um, which NBA player has been the canned cranberry to their team's feast this season? Now, here's what we mean by that. They are reliable. They're surprisingly still around, maybe, because uh, cranberry ain't going anywhere at Thanksgiving meal. And they're squarely meeting expectations. Um, Tass, I know you were a little surprised that it's canned cranberry, but uh, what's your <laughs> what's your take on this? Yeah, I, I did some serious analysis and work here, and I, I'm surprised that I skipped over the line canned. Um, maybe just because I was thinking about cranberry being on that being on that uh, table and probably being in some sort of bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't think of it as canned. But Eric Gordon, I think you could call him canned cranberry because he's going to be <laughs> he's going to be 35 on Christmas Day, so he's a little older. Mm-hmm. But damn. He's adapted. His shooting is above average from every part of the floor. He's taken nearly seven threes a game. He's growing as an old man. He's going to be 34, or he's going to be 35. This is how you play modern basketball. Just step out, shoot threes, seven of them. Gotten up to 14.3 points per game, his highest in several years. He may have peaked a long time ago, like when he was with the Rockets doing his thing, but this is year 16 for him. And his career, you might think, like a can of cranberry could have ended like midway through its life in the grocery store. But uh, it's surviving. It's surviving. I, him and him and George Niang, who I watched yesterday, at, you know, with the Cavs. I don't know how he's surviving. I don't know how he's surviving out there, but he's doing it, man. He is doing it. He takes that butt into the lane. He does his thing. Uh, not moving all that quickly, but it's kind of like Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon... Is a uh, is a complimentary player for those Phoenix Suns. Okay, I like that pick. Who are you going with, TK? I had Eric Gordon in my fridge as well. <laughs> he might be a handmade fresh cranberry sauce, though. Third on the Suns in minutes—that's actually ridiculous for Eric Gordon. But you mentioned him and George Niang, two guys that I think just absolutely love Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> as for my cran- like cranberry, <laughs> yeah, those, those guys are comfy on the couch. It looks like. Uh, Nick Batum is my canned cranberry. Guy's almost 35 years old. It seemed like he's been out of the league a couple of times, but he was good for the Clippers and he's been okay for Philadelphia. Didn't have a great game uh, last night, but he's not doing a ton. He's started three games for Philadelphia, but he's a decent playmaker. He's a pretty good shooter. He was at over 60% from the field and over 60 from three heading into last night. I think he's now underneath 50%. Uh, from three, but still, you'll take the stretchiness of the court. And surprisingly, he's got one of the best on-off ratings for the Sixers since coming over in the trade for Harden. It kind of felt at the time like uh, Batum, Covington, Morris, they were just in this trade because they added up to James Harden's number. I think it's pretty impressive that Philadelphia has able to, been able to get something out of Nick Batum here. I'm going to go with uh, Kyle Lowry as my canned cranberry <laughs> very just reliable the heat after a very sluggish start everybody was panicking nope they're fine they're proving that they're one of the best teams uh in the east obviously led by bam and jimmy and uh you know a bunch of other guys contributing but kyle i mean he's shooting 43 percent from three like this is a great year from distance for him he's not scoring a ton but he's obviously not there to do that uh he is just sort of their vet point guard just to get him running in their systems you know he's going to take charges He's got those big old cans in his ass. So he's uh he's my canned cranberry. Kyle Lowry, man. And the heat. They'll like you think they shouldn't be on the Thanksgiving meal table, but they'll be there. They're always gonna be there. They're always so, there. I got Lowry. <laughs> All right. Our next one here. Which NBA player is Brussels Sprouts? So we're looking at this as someone that is polarizing. Because they're maybe occasionally stinky, but they're also pretty good. Uh, so sort of someone maybe a little up and down. Uh, Tess, do you, are, you a, are you team Brussels sprouts? Do you like Brussels sprouts? Well, like many out there, I'm polarizing. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I do. There Sometimes I'd rather have an artichoke. Uh, but <laughs> uh, those might cause some problems at the table because they're big. <laughs> they might cause someone to artichoke at the table. Uh, so uh, with, with this guy... I think you got to get behind him right now. As we just talked about with the Minnesota Timberwolves, Rudy Gobert is polarizing because in today's NBA, mm. he doesn't create social media highlights that every single website is creating out there. He, he doesn't have a great offensive game. It's not what he does. But on the other side, 
he can help a winning team. But again, those aren't highlights. Him boxing Mitchell Robinson out when they're playing the Knicks this past week was phenomenal. It was great. Mitchell Robinson had a great first half, and then Rudy just shut him down by putting him on his cans, putting him on his ass, and, <laughs> and pre- preventing him from getting to the rim. So the, the, even he even talked about the screens he sets, screen assists. Not passing, just getting in people's way. So those aren't going to create any highlights ever. Uh, but for people who watch basketball who want to have uh, a good team, you got to have scores. Trey talked about Anthony Edwards, talked about the cat who was with the Dominican Republic. Nas Reed, I don't know how this guy is shooting 40% from three, by far and away his best three-point percentage. And he's shooting 96% from free throw land. After getting his extension, he's getting a, a good first contract. He's having his greatest year. So this Rudy Gobert is, is perfect in that he doesn't have to it doesn't have to be incredible offensively because they have so many other guys. It's why the Wolves gave up so much for him because they believe that other guys could be offensive. And this is the second season when the first was bad. Uh, this is it's so phenomenal uh, with him just supporting the guys that can score. I like it. Trey, who do you got? For Brussels Sprouts, a polarizing, occasionally stinky player. I was leaning James Harden, if I'm being quite honest. Mm. <laughs> that guy is uh, quite polarizing. Uh, you know, he'll have two 40-point games in the playoffs, and he'll have two complete stinkers in the playoffs. And when he's stinky, he's Brussels sprout stinky. <laughs> but I'm going with DeMontis Sabonis. <sighs> There's no doubt he's a playoff faller. Things are different come uh, the postseason with Sabonis. It's been the case in Indiana. He basically got outplayed by Kavon Looney, a guy who teeters between starter and reserve, completely took him out of the game uh, against the Warriors last season. But as you're seeing this year, as you're seeing last year, when he made All-NBA third team, Sabonis is great in the regular season. He's a good distributor. He's a tough matchup because you don't see a lot of big men who play that physical style. He does. And when Fox is healthy next to Sabonis and he can kind of be the number one B He's perfect in that role, and that's why the Kings are so good. He gives them an interior presence as well. And then outside of Jokic, he's the best ball mover as a big guy. Um, So I still think he's really good, but I also understand that when it comes playoff time, you're looking at instead of 22 and 12, you'd be happy with 15 and 8. Hmm. 20 and 10, let's see it, DeMontis. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Canadian boy R.J. Barrett from a Brussels Sprouts. He is... uh, He's polarizing, man. He from forget from game to game. Sometimes within the game, from quarter to quarter, this guy. Um, at times, he looks like the best Knicks player on a very talented team. Obviously, with Brunson and Randall. Now, Randall's got it going. Uh, and other times, he just has those classic RJ like he's five five of fifteen and four of thirteen, and he just has those games. And then he has those games where he's like twenty five to thirty points, and he's like hitting the corner three, and he's getting to the rim. Um, I think he infuriates a lot of Knicks fans. Uh, I think they they go to bat for him because they think he's like, you know, uh, underestimated uh, across the league. But then they also are like, eh, but is he good? You know, he's not consistent. That's his issue. We even saw it with Team Canada at times. He looked really, really good. And other times he was sort of a disappearing act. So he's had a decent season overall. 21 points a game. He's shooting three really, really good. 49% from deep. Um, but it comes and goes. So I'll go RJ Barrett. Russell Sprouts. Polarizing, I believe. All right, next one here. Uh, let's move away from the table. Let's stand up, all right? Undo our belt and maybe put on a nice sweater because I want to know which NBA team is a nice sweater. Good for now, but you might not need them come the spring, Tass. Where are you going? Well, Trey mentioned James Harden. I think that we have probably called James Harden you know, one of these Thanksgiving categories like five years in a row. Mm. And uh, I'm throwing him in uh, because him and the, and the Los Angeles Clippers, I, I don't see them growing into a great team this season. The West is really, really, really good. It's just too good for this team. They're too small. And I don't think they'll necessarily all be healthy. James Harden is talking about playing himself into shape here. <laughs> he literally is is talking about that. That ain't a good thing. They don't have experience together. I, and we don't know about the future of this team. I, I know Steve Ballmer wants these guys, the ownership wants these guys to be playing in the Intuit Dome, their new stadium. He wants all their superstars 
to be just going into that as as their first season, which could be next year. But Kawhi could be a free agent this offseason. Paul George could be a free agent if they don't take their player options. Same with Russell Westbrook. James Harden is a free agent. So I don't see them beating anybody in April or May. I don't see them being a championship-type team uh, just because of uh, what they're lacking. And I do like the Russell Westbrook move to the bench. That's going to help their defense a little bit. But this team is... Is a little too small. I don't buy it. I, I don't buy the Clippers as a playoff team. Trey, which team is a nice sweater to you? <laughs> <laughs> I've been uh, gladly wearing a Magic and Pacers sweater early in this season. Yeah. Might put it away, you know, come February once uh, the weather starts to turn down here. Eh, maybe March. I just think uh, those teams are both too one-sided to really have serious top four in their conference success once time goes on. But my official nice sweater of the NBA I hate to say it, but I think it's the Dallas Mavericks. When you look mm. at their record, they're pretty solid so far, 9-5. and five, But when you break it down, they're 7-1 against teams that are over 500 and that, or that are 500 or under, and then 2-4 and four against teams over 500. They've lost to the Bucks, the Kings, and the Nuggets, according to Basketball Reference. They've played the fourth easiest schedule in the league so far this season. Basically, when they play a good team, that team scores 130 points against the Mavericks. When you're giving up 130, you're going to lose a lot of games just because it comes down to chance. It's hard to score 135 uh, every single night. They've been great so far. They're hitting threes. Tim Hardaway Jr. has been on fire to start the season. Eventually, that will all come back down to earth, and they'll just shoot the ball like an average team. Maybe they'll still end up as the best offense in the league, but once it takes a tiny, tiny step back, they're going to be in too many shootouts uh, to really lock down a top four seed, I think. Yeah, I had the Mavericks for all those reasons as well. The really good record against the bad teams, struggling against the better teams. I feel like the Dallas Mavericks, we've barely talked about this season too. Uh, I don't know if that's just like a scheduling quirk or the games haven't been all that entertaining, but we haven't talked a lot about them. Having a 9-5 and five record, I mean, decent overall. But yeah, part of it I think is, yeah, they're sort of crushing these really bad teams early on and that's good, but uh, not picking up maybe some key Ws there. I like that one. They're a nice sweater to me uh final one we ask this one every year sometimes we ask to invite four or five people over not this year there's only room for one <laughs> Tass, thanksgiving dinner which player do you like to uh or want to extend an invite to i want to watch zion eat zion <laughs> williamson is gonna love thanksgiving he may have some secret dishes that he doesn't talk about i remember last year he was asked about his favorite thanksgiving dish he refused to answer he said <laughs> No, I'm not doing it. No matter what I <laughs> say, bait. social media That's is going to clown right me. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. He, he knew social media was going to make yeah. fun of him. But this year, Zion is having his best diet ever in his NBA career. He looks great. He's playing out there. So I think the holidays are his time to eat. Uh, he'll put out the best spread. He'll want the best spread. So I want to be, be beside him because I think we'll have a good time eating together. Okay. Zion, where are you going, TK? I'm inviting Jimmy Butler over. Just want to see what he wears. Does he dress up like a full pilgrim? Maybe. Wow. Did you see what Jordan Clarkson wore? Yeah, he was in pilgrim mode. <laughs> like Napoleon. <laughs> what a crazy look. Yeah, sure, he can come as well. Okay, I like Jimmy, man. That would be... Yeah, it'd be fun. Jimmy's like... He feels like a fun hang. Could be intense, though, too. You know, it could be... Uh... It could go poorly. You could have an awkward Thanksgiving with Jimmy Butler in the house. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go really the opposite of Tass. Uh, I'm inviting... Look, I'm going to cheat here. I'm going to invite two people. Give me Wemby and Chet. Let's see if we can get some uh, pounds on these guys. See how we do it. See what they're grabbing for. See if they're going back for seconds. Uh, especially Chet. He's got the cool look. He's got a Thanksgiving look with that sort of Abe, Abe Lincoln-like vibe going on. Yeah. Um, so I'll get both those guys over. And maybe uh, more leftovers for the rest of us. But let's uh, let's hear from everybody in the stream team, or all the podcast listeners. Uh, which players are you inviting over to your Thanksgiving meal? we got one more break here. But when we come back, Tass has the rapid-fire questions. Don't go anywhere. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class 
or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. All right, as I said off the top, this is the Drop Podcast on a Wednesday because it's Thanksgiving week here in the States. No, no dunks on Thursday or Friday, though we will have a new No Buffs Survivor Podcast on Friday. Join us for that. It's got its own YouTube feed, its own podcast feed. Um, But Tass, let's end this in style with some rapid fire questions. Jerome's going to answer with TK and I. Let's do it. First one, Shaquille O'Neal was doing some style. He was at the F1 race. Saying hi to David Beckham, etc. He also said he would like to own an NBA team in Las Vegas, along with LeBron James. What's something you want to own, Skeets? Uh, I've been saying this for some reason for like five or six years now. I don't know why I just don't go and buy it, but an NBA Jam arcade. Why (laughs) don't I have one? I don't know. I've been saying it on this show for literally five years now. Uh, Every time I see it, every time someone shares something on social, I'm like, God. I want this. I want this in my house. I want this in this room. I, I want this behind me in that corner. So uh, It feels very attainable. For, I know. Just, yeah. it, they're not expensive. You can get them at Costco. You can probably order them online. I'm sure you can. And I just, for some reason, keep putting it off and putting it off. So maybe I'll ask Santa this year. Um, <laughs> but that's my answer. NBA Jam Arcade. Don't you have another game set in uh, another part of your house? Another game oh, set. What do you another mean? game. Another game. Another game set. I'm like an arcade referring game? to an arcade no, game. Yeah. No, no. Oh, I wish. Maybe, no. maybe you. I have a PlayStation it. Three not hooked up. <laughs> <laughs> you want it? Your kids want it, Tass? I'll give it to you. No, no. No. I played the five at JD's the other day with uh, with Esh, mm. telling telling me how I should be playing. Uh, he was taking me through the, the murdering of other people. In, uh, <laughs> In a game where I was, I was hanging out. It was, was a lot of fun. Yeah, what were you playing? Uh, Fortnite. Fortnite. Oh, okay. Fortnite. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've never heard <laughs> murdering in. in Fortnite like used together that's, in phrases. That's it's all very cartoonish. People do. Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely calling murdering. You're right. Jerome. Yeah, I know. But that's what it is. I, it I was is. thinking like a Call of Duty situation when you're. Yeah. 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 More yeah. realistic, maybe. Uh, okay. Trey, what do you got here? I want um, a new front license plate. In Georgia, you don't have to have a front license plate, you know, mm. just the rear Z. Yeah. Uh, you see that in a lot of places. Uh, so for me, that's a place where you could personalize something. I'm always jealous yeah. when I see, like, like for me, I would maybe get a Grateful Dead Steely or perhaps a Bulls logo. I just got to pull the trigger. I mean, it's even more embarrassing than Skeets. Like, <laughs> how, how much can a vanity plate cost? $48 tops? Yeah, I was going to say 50 60 bucks tops. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, inflation these days. Uh, yeah, but I got to do it. Because uh, right now I just got those two holes. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> Georgia is hilarious. I don't even know if, if... Do you actually need a license plate up front? Like, you obviously you don't, like you said. No. But no. do you need to put one up there? Could you just, like... I feel like you could just cut out a piece of paper and put it on the front <laughs> bumper. You want a bootleg? Cool. Like, make your own? Yeah. It would yeah, need to be I really that durable if you're going to yeah. do that. So, so you could put anything state. on there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, Jerome, something you want to own. Uh, I guess mine is the most ambitious, but, like, maybe a classic factory up north. Oh, wow. Oh, oh very ambitious. Yeah, yeah. Very uh, I think... You know, I've been working remote ever since joining The Athletic, and, you know, much to John Mulaney's display, uh, dismay, I really need a second location to go to sometimes. And mm-hmm. I think a commercial space, studio space would be cool, um, whether it's for podcasting, whether it's for work. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a little coffee shop. Who knows? Maybe it's an after-hours karaoke. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think I think that would just be a cool thing to have. Talking it into existence. I like that. I like that. All right, second one here. Clay Thompson finally did it. it. Took him nearly a month, but he had his first twenty-point game of the season. What's something you're good at, like Clay? 
but have been struggling with recently. Skeets, what do you got? Um, I think I'm a pretty good sleeper, okay? Like, I can fall asleep quickly. Um, I can sleep with lights on. I can sleep with noise. Like, it's not an issue for me. And I like to sleep. Like, I really do like sleeping. But I've been struggling with sleeping in. Ooh. I am up, like, at 5.30 every morning now. I don't know what's going on. I don't really want to be, but I'm awake. And I'm just getting up and obviously start working on the show. And I don't know. I can't do it. Even come weekends, I, like... Like, 6 o'clock is, like, a sleep-in now, which is insane. That explains so, the Saturday morning, uh, like... Playbacks. Get playbacks. Yeah, I know. Early, early. I've been up You're for hours. I'm bored. There's nothing to do in the morning. I might as well jump on playback with all our fans. Um, but, yeah, it I'm sounds like you're man. old. I know. I, I, I think so. It's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. So, sleep-in. Yeah. It's your number one for that, Skeets. Because, uh, yeah, I pop on there because it's not your number one for me, unfortunately. And I see you at yeah. 6 a.m. doing some editing. What is going on? I know you're right. This is the first year that this has really happened. Because I used to be, you know, not that I would sleep until eight or anything like that, but yeah, more of a normal wake up time, I guess. But yeah, I'm I'm beating Tass in there in the morning now. You know, TK wakes up fairly early. Um, I'm just up, man. And you know what? It is nice. You get a lot done in the morning if you want to when nobody else is awake. But I also just want to sleep sometimes. They just come on, man, relax, go back to bed. But we'll work on it. Uh, Trey, something you've been struggling with recently. I used to be good at bending hats. You know, like the bill on a hat, you yeah. could get it shaped okay. real nice. I mean, late 90s, early 2000s, before the flat brim really took off, you would be getting like a full parabolic bend on yeah. some of these hats. But nowadays, I feel like they've changed the material on the inside. Don't they so feel even like if you bend it, it goes back straight. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and as a guy with a rectangle shaped head, <laughs> It's just not good for me to be doing flap rims. It just doesn't work uh, for my You need my some arches. Yeah. I need some arches. So, yeah, you know, I got to go back to vintage hats. Uh, back when they put cardboard in the brim. I feel like it's a, it's a polymer of some sort these days. Dad, hat, dad hats are safe. Like, dad hats are bent, but, yeah, you can get a bend. But, yeah. like, I'm thinking of, like, boys to men, Motown Philly video. Mm-hmm. They've got the wildest hat bends, yeah. like, angular up and down there's a great picture of larry bird driving a truck from back in the 80s and it's like straight across with two angles like a yep. house oh you can never do that today no that's good one. it's great to hear the word polymer i like that uh, jerome what have you been struggling with uh very recently and i'm the opposite of skeets i cannot stay awake after daylight savings time <laughs> At all. Like, once I finish that final short of the day, I'm sitting there on my couch and I'm like, uh, sure, let's. The sun's down at five. <laughs> like, we're going to pass out for like a couple hours or something. But I don't know. I, I think it's just a matter of time of adjusting to it. But boy, it's really tough these days. That's <laughs> it's oh, brutal. Man. Yes, I hate that. Yesterday here in Atlanta, it was a dark day. Like, it was really cloudy and stormy. And it was like 2 30 felt like. It felt like 7.30. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, better get ready to go down to the Hawks game. And it was like 2.30 in the afternoon. It's, <laughs> and it's like also because when you leave, um, because it's been dark for so long, you think it's like 11, 12, and it's like 9 o'clock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. worse. <laughs> I like that. Both angles. Talk, talk plenty <laughs> the of The range of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final one here. You may have seen this this week. Snoop Dogg said he was giving up smoking. No more smoking anything. When he said that, some wondered if it was just an ad. It was. Yeah. Four days later, he revealed he was going smokeless with solo stove <laughs> fire pits. Uh, what's something you plan on giving up, Skeets? Uh, man, I hate to say this, but they probably have, I don't know, maybe two more weeks to keep me entertained or keep me tuning in every night. I'm talking about the 2023-24 Toronto Raptors. Mm. <laughs> there's, too many, there's too many good teams, man. There's too much good basketball. I don't need to, like, you know, ruin my entire season by having to watch every single one of these Craptor Raptors games. Craptor Raptor games. <laughs> uh, so, I'm gonna, like, I'm not there yet. You know, they're 6-8. and eight. They, That times look okay, but other times don't. I'm, they got a couple more weeks. They probably have to the, the end of the, uh, you know, calendar year here to see what they're doing. In. And then we get, of course, into trade season and whether or not they actually take a direction here in moving some of these guys. But uh, yeah, 
It's not. They're gonna I'm, do I'm an confident. exciting comeback, and it's gonna pull you back in for like another couple of weeks. Like that's oh, hey. what is gonna happen. Somehow. I, I, yeah. I hope it. I hope so. And all I mean, of course, I'm gonna like still be like keeping up on them, but I just won't be like locked in 48 minutes for every game if they continue to be just the most mediocre team, mediocre team in the league. Like it's at a certain point, I like I'd rather watch the Pacers go for 150. You know, so that's where I'm at. I'm just that's a warning to the Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bulls Raptors on Friday. No, we'll get yeah. Yeah, baby. There we go. Yeah, baby. Uh, would they get mad if we produced a short that was titled something like Crafter Raptors or Toronto <laughs> Crafters? I can uh, ask directly if that's what yeah, we want to find out. I don't think they'd be happy. No, I don't think they'd would. be thrilled. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, get them some hits. Uh, all right. Uh, Trey, what do you got? I'm going to shave my beard in my head at some point. I'm thinking uh, Brad Pitt in Fight Club, Tyler Durden sort of look. I've said for a long time it's going to happen when I turn 40, which is in February. Uh, mm. But as the time gets closer, more and more people are saying, you can't do it, Dad. You can't do it, <laughs> husband. You look so handsome. I don't want to actually see what your chin looks like now. <laughs> but someday I won't be this hairy. Wow. That would be weird. Yeah, you're telling me. I, even I don't know what my face looks like at this point. It might be an all-star debut. Very, like, Allen Iverson-esque. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's great. Good callback. Do it in the That's hotel, great. though. Show up to, like, the first stuff, totally standard, and then come to, like, the next practice looking like a different person. It takes guts. Um, but, yeah, you always get it from somebody that cares about you. Yeah. It's like, don't, don't shave it. But it'll grow back. Yeah. Like, how much, how long would that take to grow back? Uh, I think my beard gets, it takes, like, Six months to look long, probably. Okay, that's not okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the off season as well. You get a few months out of that. Well, that okay. yeah, that's the thing. I got to do it in the winter. Otherwise, I'll have <laughs> crazy face tan lines. Yeah. <laughs> then I'm nervous. <laughs> Interesting. All right, uh, Jerome. Something you plan on giving up? Uh, it's going to happen this weekend, but I'm going to give up. 20 to 30 points to whoever I'm defending at that sports versus <laughs> You don't think you're going to be locked in defensively, Jerome? I, I bet best locked in offensively. and It's a, it's an all-star <laughs> exhibition game. Oh, yeah. And I'm Defense not option. trying to run after a professional athlete. Um, I'm just hoping that they more lean into the sport that they play and not basketball. Mm, okay. That's uh, Saturday? That's Saturday uh, over at Madame Athletic Center, uh, TMU, um, 8 o'clock. I think tickets are still on sale, but yeah, come through okay. if you're in Toronto. All right, just don't hurt yourself, first off. That's, that's, that's the, what the I'm really, goal. like, really just not an injury is what I'm hoping more than anything. But, let's be honest, you're representing for us, so you're going to get some that. buckets, okay? Right, right. Very much like how you guys represented for the three-on-three. Three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got buckets. You <laughs> got buckets, though. <laughs> we yeah, just I, couldn't I, stop anyone. That's fair. That's yeah, fair so enough. actually, no, that would I mean, be perfectly keeping with uh, our performance if you could score, but then give up a lot more points. Fair enough. Yeah. No, I, I, I will be honest. Obviously, I was rooting for you guys and Ash, but when I heard that it wasn't the best performance, I was a little bit relieved that I didn't need to <laughs> <laughs> show up for mine. Uh, and remind me, we can, in theory, watch, we can stream this online. It's going to be, set. I don't know the exact link, but it's yeah. supposed to be live stream. So I don't know if this is it a playback situation. Out. I don't know if this is the low lights that happen, loser of the weekend <laughs> on Monday. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're going to see. Okay. Well, yeah. Good luck. Can't Thank wait. Thank you so much. You're going to be playing with Will and uh, Alex, right? Yeah, yeah. We. Uh, I just got a text from Alex during the show. I think we're going to join a run on Thursday, get a little bit of reps in. To see oh, wow. Yeah, Look at you guys. Going to run some yeah. plays there. Yeah. All right. Blake All Murphy right. emailed me last night because he wanted uh, personal scouting reports that he's going to share on the Raptor show this Friday. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he asked for my strengths, my weaknesses. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can't. I literally can't wait for at least to watch some footage or to get the update uh, from how you do and uh, how you. It's gonna be really fun. So yeah, that's Saturday. That's rapid fire. That's another drop podcast in the middle of the week. Oh, they said it couldn't be done, but we just did it. Uh, make sure you join the No Dunks playback room. That link is in the show notes. You never know when I'm going to be up at five in the morning and jumping on uh, to watch some highlights, but we have a blast. Yeah, we know I might do a happy hour at some point over this uh, Thanksgiving week. You never know. So just join the room and then you can uh, get those little notifications. Jerome, um, you're going to broadcast the game there. Cause we've got a suggestion here from a, a fan from G Ma said playback. 
bring it on. Whoa. That's that's work. We could share our screen in theory. Yeah, that yeah, could be fun. Yeah. That we'll could be see. fun. We could do live commentary on the game. <laughs> I don't mind that. Uh, yeah, well, that's another reason to uh, join the playback room. Um, all right, guys. Well, leave us a five-star rating and review, all you podcast listeners. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, tell a friend about the show. We just hit 89,000 subs on YouTube. We love to see it. Let's get to 100K by Christmas. I don't know. Sure. Sounds cool. Uh, so, yeah, get those subscriptions up. Uh, until Monday, when uh, we should all be back together there in the Classic Factory Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Jimmy Butler's Media Day photo that is on all his pages is so damn unique. Straightened hair covering that one eye and then like four pierces on his face. So that's why I think, Trey, it's a good idea to bring him to Thanksgiving dinner because he's going to try and do something. Something weird. Embrace the turkey, people. <laughs> <laughs>